Hi, I'm Jim Shooter, and you're listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 70 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Verbonis, and as always, I'm joined with the best gosh darn co-host out there that would be mr bob lucius bob i don't want to live without you i don't want to live without you (laughs) oh my gosh that takes me back to the 80s but i can't remember for the life of me who sang that song well bob this this ties in with what we're covering today on two levels okay 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 all right so who who you don't know who sings that song i'll uh well it was foreigner oh foreigner i should have foreigner yeah foreigner and and so in this first issue uh it deals with a little bit of a foreigner issue Okay. So I thought yeah, it was a good nice. tie-in with okay. Foreigner. Okay. Yeah. And then tenuous, tenuous, uh, do, you, and do, you, there. do you know how to spell Foreigner, Bob? Foreigner. I think I can spell Foreigner. Yeah. Let's hear it. F O R E I G N. Yeah. F O R E I G N E R. Oh, Foreigner. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you spell Foreigner. All right. Uh, right. And this this song, actually, uh, I don't want to live without you. Uh, was a song on an album called Inside Information, which debuted in 1987. And Bob, that happens to be the year that the issue came out that we're talking yeah. about today. I had so, that album, so I should have known it. You should have. So I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. Yeah. Well, yeah. see, now I tied in my hello mm-hmm. two different ways. Maybe next week I get I get like a pass. Yeah. Because I got two. Yeah. Or or just go for the trifecta. Oh. Gosh, yeah. All right, nothing. I didn't get like a pat on the back. You believe that, people? You're amazing. Uh, whatever. So, what are we covering today? Well, this is kicking off a amazing eight part series, Bob, that we're going to do. So, we all agree that the Mark Grunewald story that takes place in the 1987 to 1989 is a uh, it's a great story about the Steve Rogers doubting himself, doubting his mission with the United States government, and giving up his role as Captain America and being replaced by John Walker. Uh, and then Steve Rogers becomes a different hero called the Captain. And his journey with his friends, his compatriots, um, while John Walker has a journey uh, as the new Captain America, uh, and and these two stories kind of go parallel with each other uh, and intersect with each other, and it's a it's a great story. I, I think any Cap fan would agree. It's it's a it's a phenomenal story that Mark Grunewald weaved together over the course of these couple of years. Obviously, too much to cover in just one or two episodes. So we decided we're going to do this in bite-sized pieces. So we could have started, and we originally thought about starting 
with uh, issue 333, which is the issue where Steve relinquishes his um, uniform, his shield, and is no longer Captain America. Mm. Uh, thought that was a, you know, might be a good place to start. However, really, the story starts before that. Like, who's John Walker? How, why did he get picked to be the next Captain America? Um, why did, what, what led to Steve making that humongous decision? So we've got eight parts that we are going to do. We broke them up into three issues each part. So we're going to cover 24 issues. And we're not going to do it all in a row, right? We're going to break this up. So the second Wednesday of every month, we're going to do this series. Now, the first one, uh, we've got a three-part series. We're, well, let me back up. The, the last five parts, uh, we're calling The Captain, right? So this, this whole story kind of is The Captain, uh, we have part one, two, three, four, and five. That's going to cover 15 issues, right? Um, but the story leading up to that, we're going to call that the road to the captain. And that, that has three parts, and that's nine issues. So right now, today, it's road to the captain, part one, Captain America, issues 327 through 329. All right. This is, this is ambitious. Rick, this is uh, this is an ambitious uh, undertaking, uh, but I think it's cool. I think you know a lot of folks, particularly a lot of folks who maybe have jumped into Captain America comics after uh, after his debut in the uh, cinematic universe. Maybe you know they've been following the movies, the television shows. Maybe they've uh, they've seen the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. TV show on Disney Plus, and they're familiar with that version of John Walker, but they may not be that familiar with um, sort of his origin and how he became Captain America in the comics and, and that relationship with, with Steve Rogers' journey. So I, I think this is a cool idea. Yeah. And you know what, where we got the, I guess the, the first time we heard about it from one of our listeners, uh, which was one, uh, one of our um, longtime patrons, James Foley. So back on episode 25, uh, he won a contest and was a guest on the show, and he got to pick the topic, and he picked the captain. Now, we covered that in episode 25, but at a high level. We didn't go mm -hmm. through it issue by issue, panel by panel, like we were, we were planning to do here. Um, but you know, if you, if you want an abridged version, go listen to episode 25, uh, where Bob and I have James on the show, and we, we cover at a high level um the captain's storyline and for james see the customer's always right <laughs> and who knows i mean james is a patron of and he is at the super soldier level so that means once a year he gets to be a, a guest on the show and pick the topic james if if you're listening and i know you are uh, you may want to consider, hey, can I be a guest? Uh, I don't know. Uh, when we do the Captain Part Five, which is uh, doing the uh, the last few issues of 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 this storyline, or it's up to you. Or we could tackle something totally different. But um, but yeah, thanks to James for the uh, the idea back in episode twenty five. All right. Well, this was an interesting time, Rick. Um, I don't. You know, we're going to kick off with uh, three twenty seven. Uh, tonight and 
you know, it got me thinking about what was what was going on in the world when this happened. And I don't know how often you do this, but like, you ever like go back and like just sort of take a hard look at uh, at, a, at sort of a time period like that, what was happening in the world? Because I think sometimes, like for me, I look back and I think, oh yeah, there was some stuff that happened. But when I go and I look through like the list of everything that sort of happened in a year, and I go, oh my gosh, man, there was so much stuff that I forgot about. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, world was crazy back then too. Yeah, it's funny. We we always think it's it's God, it's never been worse than today. But yeah, <laughs> history does repeat itself. And when you go back, you take a look at some of the things going on and, and the people's reactions and uh comments and um, you know, just the history of it all, you you just see that, you know what, we're just we're cycling through all this. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, you know, we've we've sort of revisited this before uh with different guests, but uh you know, this came out at a time, you know, when there was lots of uh, lots of tension, uh, political tensions in American society, cultural tensions. And, and that comes through loud and clear in Grunewald's writing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that as we as we go forward. Yeah, sounds like it. Oh, by the way, I, uh, you know, talking about patrons, uh, James Foley, um, I want to also reach out. Uh, we have a, uh, a new patron. Um, who is at the shield slinger level who uh, I need to, um, you know, register them to, to make sure that we send them their, what would cap do challenge coin, but they're not a member of the Facebook group. So I don't have their contact information. So Tom, if you're listening and you know who you are and you, uh, you haven't been contacted by me yet, uh, you are at the shield slinger level. Thank you very much. And we'd like to thank you by sending you a what would cap do challenge coin in the mail. So what you should do is reach out to me via email and you can email me at capcomicfans at gmail.com. So that's capcomicfans at gmail.com. Let me know your uh, contact information, your email, your um, your mailing address, and so we can take care of you and send out this, this, what would cap do challenge coin. Yeah. And if you're on Facebook, for goodness sakes, join the Facebook group. You don't know what you're missing. Oh, you're, you're dead on Bob. I mean, we, uh, we have over 4,000 cap fans on there and my gosh, it's, it's one of the most active groups that I'm in. Um, and it's, it's cool seeing uh, all the different stuff posted there on a daily basis. So if you love comics, and you love Captain America. And if you're listening, we know you do. Yeah, totally check out the Facebook page. Oh, hey, Bob, speaking of the Captain America challenge coin, mm-hmm. um, we did several, several episodes ago say, look, uh, we get 10 more reviews on Apple Podcasts. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, give us a five-star review. We will pick randomly three of those 10 and and send them a, a challenge coin. Uh, it's been a little slow, Bob. We haven't gotten very many. Uh, mm. We we got some, you know, in the beginning, but we haven't reached ten yet. But we do have a new one, and this one comes from Steve S. nineteen seventy six exclamation point. So Steve gives us a five star review, and he titles this review as "Star Spangled Greatness," and he writes. Just discovered this podcast, but I sure am glad I did. As Cap is my favorite Marvel hero, I was lured in by the subject, but the quality and variety of the episodes is what made me subscribe. Uh, 
So thanks, Steve. We appreciate the we appreciate the review. Yeah, that was nice. Oh, Bob. Hmm. You know, another thing we started a few weeks ago was uh, this whole weight loss challenge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, uh, mm-hmm. we both wanted, we both said we wanted to lose 10 pounds. Uh, and we decided to make a little wager. First person to lose 10 pounds gets to um, have the other person sing a song of their choice. 30 seconds. We're not going to kill the listeners, but gets to sing a song of their choice. I've suggested a few songs. You've mm-hmm. suggested a few songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, I suggested um, Cindy Lauper's uh, "Girls Just Want to Have Fun." Yep, yep. I, I heard uh, that I, twice on the radio today in my commute. Did you really? It's weird. I was. Did listening you get? To the radio. Did you warm up your vocals? I did. I was. I was. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to get that little boop thing that she does, but. Uh, yeah, and then I listened to it, and I was like, "Oh, I'm turning the turn the station," and it was on another station. Wow! And that yeah. like a serpentipity, right? Like yeah. when that happens, you're just yeah. like, "Okay, okay." Um, now, uh, the other song I I was thinking about mm-hmm. was the uh, the Divinals uh, uh-huh. uh, "When mm-hmm. I Touch Myself." Classic. Yeah, I, I I know you love that song. I do from your love that song. Days. Yeah, and then you had a few suggestions. I did. Of, I if, did. If I lose. I was thinking uh, initially Def Leppard's Pour Some Sugar on Me seemed appropriate. And then... Uh, How was that and- appropriate? Because <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't Why would I have you do a song I don't like? So uh, and then, then I was thinking of a classic from my college days, Salt and Peppa's, you know, Push It. Uh, push but, It know, Real Good? Yeah, Push It Real Good. But this week, I'm... I don't know. It might be my, it's my mood, but I'm, I'm leaning toward Bette Midler's wind beneath my wings. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Because Bob, Bob, that's exactly what I was thinking uh, because, and oh, you totally stole that. <laughs> you totally stole that. That's it, baby. <laughs> Oh, Bob. Brings a tear to my eye. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Here it comes, Bob. Yep, and that's it. And, and that would be so appropriate because caps of wings, you know, on, on his mask. Right? Right. Yes, right. Right. It just, yeah. it just makes sense. Bob, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not letting you steal that one. From me. <laughs> 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 no, you, you want to hear something even funnier is uh i was thinking about that earlier today i actually i had thought about it a few days ago but no, i, I thought about it like the last week yeah well that a few days ago wasn't <laughs> last week, uh, and i i was um you know today during uh i don't know this morning i was like oh you know we're recording tonight oh yeah i've got a I've got to come up, you know, with the song, you know, I'm going to go with the song I was thinking about, uh, wind beneath my wings. And then that stupid song was in my head all day, (laughs) (laughs) all day, all day. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and I know, I know some listeners out there are going to be cursing us today (laughs) or tomorrow when they're like, Oh, I've got that song in my head. Yeah. Oh, well, if you got to have a song, that's a good one to have. Mm. So, Bob, moment of truth. All right. Uh, last week, you said you lost zero. Zero. Yeah. I didn't yeah. ask you. I should have asked you, but did you gain any weight? 
I did. I, well, you know, it's weird. Uh, it went up to, you know, I, I told you my initial weigh-in was 207.3 and then it seemed to be like 207.6. It went up to like 209, but what? this week, buddy, this week. Yeah. Yeah. What? Down to uh, <laughs> 204.1. No. Yeah. You lost five pounds. Well, I don't I think week? that, I think that was an anomaly that, that 209, I think that was, uh, something bizarre happened maybe it was a heavy lunch or something I don't all right what'd you 204 what 204.1 so so you've lost 3.2 pounds i have i have uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> all right so um last week i said i lost a pound and then i weighed myself you shouldn't do this but i weighed myself like four days later because uh-huh. I was, mm-hmm. I don't know, feeling pretty yeah. good about myself. And I lost yeah. another pound All right. in well, those four good. days. Yeah. Uh, but I gained 0.2 back over, oh. over the three-day weekend. It was All a stressful right. weekend. I might have might have yeah. ate or drank a little bit more than I should have. So just, just retaining um, water. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But no, so I'm at, uh, I'm at a 1.8 loss right now. And you are at a 3.2. Yeah. You know, I have the advantage, though, Rick, uh, because I'm down here. Uh, it's been a little bit chilly the last few days, but normally it's hot. So, uh, it's, you know, it just dries you out. So I don't uh, there's no water, you know, retention down here, mm. you know, mm. so a lot of mm. water weight, man. I can get you up and down like no time. So, All right. Stay away from yeah. those pretzels. <laughs> That's true. I like the salty snacks. Right, the salty snacks will get you. All right. Well, Bob, should we, uh, should follow we get- me for more, follow me for more dieting tips? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll just, we'll just see. Right. We'll, yeah. we'll see how these dieting tips go. Right. Yeah. Uh, but apparently I have to up my game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so 327. This has got a, uh, a a really cool cover. Now, remember before we were talking about uh, how Mike Zek uh, was the, you know, he's my favorite cap artist, right? Uh, I'm not shy about telling that. Um, that he left, right, to, to go to do the 12-issue Secret Wars. Uh, then he went and did the five-issue Punisher miniseries. Um, but then Marvel said, come on back. We, you know, we want you to do, come on back to Captain America uh, because we want you to um, uh, start doing covers. And so there's this nice long list of covers that Cap has done, uh, which, you know, as a Zek fan, even back then, I basically was like, oh, it's a bait and switch. Uh, but it is a really cool cover. So it is an orange background with a white star in the middle. And then you have Captain America in his uniform kneeling, but in a, not like kneeling in submission, he's kneeling like um, in a defensive 
posture. He's got his shield up. Coming down on him is the Super Patriot. Now, the Super Patriot has a red, white, and blue costume as well. Um, but instead of a shield, he has um, like this fiery blade. I guess it's kind of like the Liberty Torch is his his shtick, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's, and, and, and for those who aren't familiar with what the Super Patriot looks like, um, he's got a red, white, and blue costume, as I mentioned. So uh, his, his, his legs and his torso um, and his mask and his gloves are red. His boots are blue. And then his arms and the center of his chest is blue. And then he's got a white circle on his chest with a you know blue in the center and then a big white star. And then he also has that same design on his forearms and his uh, shins. Now his hair is showing from his mask. So he's, he has a mask, you know, let's just say similar to Caps, but picture Caps that's cut off so that his hair would be showing. And Super Patriot's hair is a, is a blonde, mo, like, not a mohawk, uh, it's a blonde crew cut, right? Yeah. Uh, so what I think is important about this and what Zek picked up on is, and there's a reason there's a big white star in the background, is because each of them has a big white star on their chest. And so it kind of symbolizes a battle for the star, a battle to represent who is going to be this country's patriotic symbol. Indeed. It's an iconic cover, for sure. It really is. Yeah. Um, it's a Marvel 25th anniversary up in the, the corner box. And then the the Captain America that's running is uh, done by Paul Neary, who has been longtime uh, penciler uh, after Zek left. And what's the cover price on this one, Bob? 75 cents, uh, Rick. Yeah. So three quarters gets you, gets you a comic book back in 1987. This has a cover date of March 1987, which means it probably came out in January, you know, maybe February. Um, and who is the creative team, you may ask? Uh, well, the writer, as we mentioned, is Mark Grunewald. The penciler is Paul Neary. Um, it, the finisher is John Beatty. And we'll get back to that. Colorist is Ken Fendunowicz. I hope I didn't kill that name. Letterer is Diana Albers and the editor, Don Daly. Now, uh, when I say finisher, normally we would say inker. But uh, this particular one, he, John Beatty did more than just ink he actually finished paul's pencils and then if you listen to the podcast uh, uh episode 43 we actually had john Beatty on as a guest and he talked about his time uh as his longtime partnership with mike zach and then what was it like working with paul neary after mike left the interiors of the book so he had an, a really good conversation about what it was like what's the difference between inking mike zach and finishing Paul Neary. So I suggest everybody check that out. That would be episode 43. Not the first Super Patriot, though, is he? Do you remember the original one? Back in uh, Nick Fury, Nick Fury's series? I think it was uh, number 13 back in the 1969 series. Had a, had a Super Patriot in that series as well. A one-shot wonder. Mm-hmm. 
indeed. I had to bring that up because I'm a big Nick Fury fan. Not uh, as big I, as I, I've heard that big, about you. Yeah, not as big as Cap, but but I do love that, uh, particularly that early first series from 1969. Love that, love that series. Yep. Uh, and the title to this issue is called Clashing Symbols, which very much is happening here on the cover. Um, the solicitation for this issue is the flag-flying Super Patriot returns. Can even Captain America stop the Super Patriot's maniacal manipulation of the American dream at a benefit rock concert? So we'll get into this issue. So we have a big splash, and it is a um, – it's Lamar. Is it Lamar Hoskins, I think his name is? Mm-hmm. And it's Lamar Hoskins. So some people you may know as uh, Bucky, who later became Battlestar. Yes, Battlestar. Thank you. Um, but this, in this particular uh, issue, he is known as 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 one of the Buckies. Um, so he he's got um, his shirt off, and uh, but he has a Captain America mask. And then across his chest is uh, is two magazine belts of bullets that are across uh, kind of like an X across his chest. And he he yells out, it's a big splash, uh, you know, mostly of his his face. And he's yelling, your car makes me sick. We get to the next page and we see that he is holding up um, a, a college student. Uh, a, a foreign college student, uh, and we'll get to that in a moment. And he's holding him by the shirt. You traitorous foreign lowlife, I'm wise to you. You pose as students, but you're actually here to spy for Gaddafi. Who's Gaddafi, Bob? Oh, General Muammar Gaddafi, right? Used to be the leader of uh, of Libya until, uh, what, was it about uh, eight years ago, six years ago? Yeah, he was a bit of a tyrant. He was a bit of a tyrant, military dictator, and uh, we we scrapped quite a bit over the early '80s uh, with uh, with Gaddafi and his intelligence operatives. They were responsible mm-hmm. for a lot of badness, including the Lockerbie uh, Lockerbie bombing, the aircraft bombing, uh, mm-hmm. kidnapping at seas, bombings of uh, soldiers at discotheques. So, so there was a lot of tension at this time between the United States and the Reagan administration and, and that of Gaddafi. Yeah. And, and the, the general public, uh, certainly, you know, he was enemy number one. Right. Um, and so the, just the foreign student he's got holding up and he's struggling and he's just like, not Libyan, Algerian, Libyan, Algerian, Iranian. You're all the same. You're out or out to do America dirt. And this is one proud American who ain't going to stand for it. And so they're at a what there's a sign out in front of a of this, this building, uh, and it's called the International House. So basically, they're on a college campus, and then underneath uh, Lamar is is a bunch of fallen students who got their butts kicked. And then this other Bucky uh, comes running, uh, and he's he's a, a white guy, same. Same uniform, same costume, same shirt off, everything. He's like, yo, Lamar, leave him be. We need someone to give the rest of them the message. You're lucky, camel jockey. And he drops him. And then he kicks him. Now go on. 
Run back to your fellow traitors. Tell them if they don't get their butts out of our ever-loving country, we're going to make them real sorry. Mm-mm. Roughing up a bunch of un-American slime balls sure does make my patriotic heart good. Hector, I'll set the boogie. He's just finishing up up front. And uh, Hector's out front. And he's uh, another guy dressed the same way. Um, and he's got a, a spray can. And he's painting with the sign that I mentioned earlier. It said International House. Uh, but he's wrote on there, <laughs> foreign scum. Now, Bob, how do you spell foreign again? Uh, F O R R E N. No, I don't so, learn so good. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and neither, neither does, um, neither does, uh, Hector because he, he's spraying and he wrote foreign as F A R R E N. And underneath that, he wrote scum. Whoops. Can't forget the sign. Hey, foreign has two R's in it, don't it? No, you knucklehead. One R and a G somewhere. It does? Do I have to buy you guys a dictionary or what? Stand back. I'm flicking my Zippo because he just put some gasoline down on the lawn. And, of course, it catches fire. And then it reads on the lawn, all across the lawn. What's it say, Bob? Foreigners go home. All right. Ain't that a participate? Yeah, except you spelled it wrong. Get out of here. I used the American spelling. Here comes the campus Gaddafi's to admire our work. All traders beware the buckies. And by the way, when I said they're wearing a cap mask, um, the, the, the big difference, of course, is that instead of an A on the forehead, they're B's because they're buckies. And by the way, buckies, they make sure to let everybody know, is short for bold urban commandos. And then they throw something in the window and break the window. And the students start yelling, somebody stop them. I call campus police. You're not getting away with this. Several blocks away. Ah, oh, they're the boss's limo waiting as usual. Get in. I hear sirens. And then sitting in the front of the limo next to the driver is Super Patriot. And uh, he's got, a, he's got a, a, a beverage in his hand. What's it say, Bob? Uh, old Milwaukee, I believe. Well, it says Old Milwaukee. So that way, uh, you know, it, it could just be that. You know, that could not, be that. Yeah. It's not product placement, but I hear you. But he's he's passing one uh, back to Lamar into the guy sitting in the back seat. How to go, boys? Without a hitch, Super Patriot. Good, good. Have a beer. Step on it, Candy. Yes, sir. And Candy's the driver. Hey, boss. You really got to come with us on one of our campus capers. You'd have a ball putting the fear of the flag in some of those pencil necks. You know, I'd like to, Jake, but my agent hasn't finished the re market research yet to see if our anti-terrorist crusade would be good for my image. My gut feeling tells me that the public goes for that strong arm stuff. Look at all the support that old FUD Captain America got when he offed that terrorist. Now, Bob. Mm. Uh, you remember that story, don't you? I sure do. I sure do. That was uh, that was a uh, that was an emotional episode for us to to see Cap wrestle with that. Exactly. That wrestle was that decision. Yeah, that was an um, issue, Captain America three twenty one, where uh, Cap, you know, kills a terrorist of um, of the flag smashers, 
And if you're interested in us covering those issues where we uh, where Captain America fought the Flag Smasher and then his his band of of um, mercenaries called Ultimatum, where he actually does use a weapon and he does kill one of the soldiers, which haunts him forever. Um, we covered that story. It was a uh, three-part story. It was the introduction of a Flag Smasher, um, and we covered that in episode 10, in case you want to check that out. And then Flag Smasher continues, but till I know for sure, we'll keep on letting the public think you boys are the captain, captain's cohorts, not mine. Whatever you say, soup. Meanwhile, on the other side of the campus, we've got Steve wearing a suit. Not a cap suit, but like a business suit. Uh, and he's coming out of his Captain America red van. That's kind of his like little headquarters on the road. And uh, he's thinking to himself as he pulls up to this other uh, campus housing. Well, I, I guess this is the place. Strange. I felt less trepidation approaching the Red Skull's house last Halloween than I do now. I guess Captain America is better at facing physical peril than Steve Rogers is facing emotional uncertainty. You know, Bob, mm. I think just like that. I, th- I, th- I think those words to myself. You do? Yes. I am facing emotional uncertainty. I thought maybe you were referring to your previous encounters with the Red Skull's house. Mm. But, but you meant the second part yeah I did, okay yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh and then he starts he's thinking to himself what do i have to be afraid of that she's totally changed into some person to whom i can no longer relate that she's stopped loving me or that i've changed and and then you hear the, the door open and it has a sound effect <laughs> are you sure that's not the red skull house <laughs> <laughs> And then Bernie comes out. She's like, Steve, you made it. Bernie, is that you? In the flesh, handsome. And she comes up and gives him a big hug, big smile. What happened to your hair? I thought I told you on the phone. It got in the way of my studying. And she has a, she's got a a real crew cut there, Bob. That's an 80s haircut, man. Totally. It's like, well, who's that guy that used to do the the art for Playboy? Nagel? Yes. Was it Nagel? Brian Nagel? And he always had like, you know, yes. I, in fact, I think one of his images was on, it might've been, was it a Duran Duran? Yes, totally. Yeah, yeah. Rio. Yeah. 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 So always yeah, had that short hair like that. She's rocking the nagel. Yeah. So she grabs uh, his hand and she pulls him, you know, inside. She's like, now come on inside. I want you to see my room, meet my crazy housemates, all charter members of the future shyster society. And Cap's got a, Steve's got a big smile on his face. He's like, okay. And then he thinks to himself, Bernie's spunk and sense of humor certainly hasn't changed. Suzanne, Paul, this is Steve, the guy I told you so much about. Ah, yes, the comic book artist from Brooklyn. Hello. So what do you think of the place? A real regression from my own apartment back in the Heights, huh? No, you've made it very homey. Close the door. I've got to show you my stash. You're, you're what? What's she talking about there, Bob? She's in college and she's at her she's at her housing and she's got a stash. What? What? Yeah, I bet she collects comics. That's what I always <laughs> said when I said, "Hey, girls, you want to see my stash?" <laughs> so strangely enough, none of them ever said yes. But... No, no. <laughs> Can I show you my etchings? 
<laughs> so she pulls she pulls out her stash and, and it's close, Bob. It's close. It's news news articles. She says, my clip file about you, Steve. You don't make the headlines here in the Midwest, but I still snip any item I see. It's the only way I can keep up with your life sometimes. And then he hugs her, brings her close. I try to call you every Sunday night, Bernie, but well, sometimes I, I can't get to shush, Steve. I, I know how busy you must be. Just hold me close, okay? And then someone's knocking on the door. Hey, Bernie, sorry to disturb, but I just heard something weird's going on down the campus. Someone set the lawn on the international house on fire. You and Steve want to go with us and check it out? No, Paul, I why don't you go with him, Bernie? What? Believe it or not, lawn burnings is one of the reasons I'm in the Midwest right now. I'll tell you about it later. Make some excuse for me to your roomies. I, I want to check it out on my own way. I, I, I get you. Okay. And she opens the door to uh, her roommate. She says, uh, I'll go with you, Paul. Uh, Steve uh, wants to stay here and rest. Long drive, you know? Whatever. Come on. We're taking Sue's car. Bernie's old, old beau sure is an odd duck. Built like a Russian weightlifter and draws kitty cartoons for a living? What does she see in him besides his Robert Redford looks? Uh-oh. Mm -hmm. Sounds like someone's a little jealous. Does. Minutes later, Steve goes running out of the house towards his van. Good. Everyone's gone. Now to sprint for my mobile HQ. Play quick change artist. And in the next panel, he's, he's on his motorcycle riding out and he's got a cool captain america helmet mm -hmm. safety first rick but what he doesn't have bob is a plastic shield in front of his motorcycle right true like yeah. in 1979 yeah and then he pulls up and he sees like a fire truck there and there's police cars and there's barricades and a lot of people behind the barricades puddles from all the water this wasn't hard to find. Hey, look, is this some kind of joke? Stay behind the barricades. And Cap comes up to a police officer. Excuse me, sir. I'm, I'm Captain America. And I've been following the trail of these lawn burning crackpots across the country. And um, uh, go, go see the officer on the porch. Is he for real? And then one of the um, students who, who got manhandled. That's him. That's the man who hurt my friend and started the fire. Cap's got a question mark. Police officer's got a question mark. How dare you come back here to mock us? And Bernie's like in a crowd here. And she's like, what's everybody talking about? Captain America isn't responsible for this. Don't they know any better? But a roommate says, what else would that walking flag be doing in Madtown? He, I don't know. What's Madtown stand for? I guess it uh, stands for Madison, Wisconsin, Rick. Ah, Okay. I wasn't aware of that uh, nickname. And the police officer walks Cap up the stairs into the house. If you come inside, Captain, maybe we'll be able to hear ourselves talk. Cap, go home. Rambo off campus. Up with Cap. Deport all spies. Settle down, son. Settle down. Now, are you certain that it was Captain America here who assaulted you and your friends? No, I wasn't. It was a black man, but he was wearing the same mask. He had two or three men with him. White, I think. They called themselves the Buckies, officer. Bold urban commandos. 
They've been com committing various unlawful acts across the country, trying to give patriotism a black eye. I followed the trail here. I'd be happy to provide you with all the information I've been able to gather. Okay, but if you think we're letting you in on a police investigation, mister, that's not how we do things around here. I see. Soon, Cap comes walking out, and there's a bit of a scuttlebutt going on uh, with uh, some of the people. Some people are pro-Cap, some people are against Cap because uh, they, th they think he either did or didn't do it. I guess being an Avenger is no guarantee I'll get the keys to the city everywhere I go. What's this? Filthy liars, we are not spies. Cap, Cap, save me from these pigs. They're bridging my right to free speech. I agree with you, man. Send these traitors packing. These onlookers are convinced I had something to do with this. And worse, some of them support the lawn burnings, strong arm tactics. I should have expected this. Some brave soul expressed his opinion on me on my bike. I saw the guy who did it, Cap. Come on, I'll take you to him and you could stop him. Love how you stuck it to those terrorists, Cap. All right, Cap. Make us proud, Captain. Where are you going? Going to pick on more defenseless students, big man? Don't listen to this lunatic fridge, Cap. You're all right, Cap. He just gets on his motorcycle and he rides away. What's it say? <laughs> there you go. Mm -hmm. Minutes later, Steve comes to the front door of Bernie's house and her roommate is there and greets him at the door. Steve, where were you, man? Turned out I couldn't relax. Went for a walk trying to find you guys. Uh, I guess I got a bit lost. Well, come on in. You're just in time for my nightly battle of wits with Bernie. Tonight's debate topic, did Captain America vote for Ronald Reagan? I believe he did. I see Captain as a staunch Republican type with a militant conservative streak down his back about a mile wide. Bernie seems to think that since he became Cap during FDR's presidency, and then Bernie gets up to stop him. Oh, enough with your nightly claptrap, Paul. You never admit it when I'm right anyway. I'd rather spend my evening catching up with Steve. I'm not going to let up on this topic until we've thoroughly threshed it out, Bernie. Yeah, yeah, I know. Steve, you thought our Brooklyn neighbors were characters? They're not half as bad as Paul and his cronies. So she brings him up to her bedroom. And then they sit cross-legged on the floor. So what was all that about tonight, Steve? You were expecting it to happen? Yeah, though I wasn't sure it would be here. It's some kind of strange smear campaign. Three men wearing custom versions of my uniform are going around pulling off stunts to, to make me seem like a reactionary bigot. Who are they? Why are they doing it? They work with this guy who calls himself Super Patriot. And Super Patriot? I, I was just reading something about him. Wait, where was that? Time, Newsweek. No, no, here it is. Rolling Stone. Hmm. Rock and roll patriotism. I think Super Patriot is one of the guests at the Maricade concert this weekend in Milwaukee. Any way to still get tickets? Doubt it. They're very hot items. Scalpers, maybe. Wait, I know who can help me. My hotline boys. And he picks up the phone. Guess your big investment is really paying off. Uh-huh. The best way I could have spent my unexpected million-dollar windfall. Bob, you remember that? I do. That was Cap's back pay from uh, his time in the Army and the time that he spent frozen in the ice. Yeah, and he, he got a million dollars, uh, and he got that check, and he decided what to do with it was to create this um, nationwide hotline so people could get in touch with him to let him know. He, he felt he was spending too much time in New York 
where there's plenty of heroes to go around and felt like he needed to be, you know, where, where, where needed across the country. So what better way to have a, uh, a hotline at uh, an 800 number that was manned by various people. Right. So we get to the next page, Washington, DC, the next day. And we see uh, this, uh, this accountant sitting at a very large computer. Now this is curious. This tax return was so unusual. The computer spit it out. Aha. No wonder this man reported an income of 37,000 last year and a million and 37 this year. Furthermore, that million was given him by the federal government. Who is this guy? CIA, maybe? Stephen G. Rogers. No one I'm familiar with. I better take this file to the head auditor. Dun, dun, dun. And then we get to the next page, and we're at the, uh, the concert. Unaware of this special interest in his tax return, Steve Rogers acquires tickets to the Americade concert from one of the members of his nationwide volunteer hotline network. That weekend, he and Bernie joined the thousands of other attending this charity rock concert to aid the nation's homeless. And we hear in the background, who's that singing, Bob? I, I think that's Willie, isn't it? And what's the song? On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Very nice. Yeah. And then you hear people in the crowd and Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen and Mick Jagger and silly. What? No talking heads. Maybe I can get our money back, Bernie. And then we have uh, Willie Nelson up on stage. You did such a good job before, Bob. Do you want to do this part? Oh, uh, thank you all for showing up here this afternoon. And particularly thank you for showing up. All the cynics who thought that helping the world's needy was just a fad, that that they're wrong. As long as there's poverty and hunger anywhere in this great old nation of ours, we'll be there. You and me, and we'll each of us do our part. Oh, but backstage, and then we see um, Super Patriot uh, with his three buckies, and then there's some some girl there. I don't know who she is, uh, but they're backstage. There's a lot of uh, people going on, scuttling around. And this girl's talking to Super Patriot and says, I'm not certain I understand the significance of your wearing a mask, Mr. Super Patriot. If you represent freedom and liberty, that isn't proclaiming your identity an act of freedom. And one of the Buckies is like, what a baddie broad. You missed the point, Joan. With my face showing, I'm an individual. Masked, I'm a symbol. A symbol of the patriotic spirit that unites all the individuals in this, the greatest country on God's earth. But doesn't America already have a living symbol of liberty and justice for all? You mean that hoary old has-been Captain America? Ha! He's hardly fit to be a symbol of the Social Security. And then there's a a guy who comes up wearing a sport coat with his collar up and sunglasses. Excuse me, Super Patriot, Willie's almost through his set. I wanted you to go while the heartbreakers were getting up. Heartbreakers? Who's that, Bob? Oh man, I can't. I can't recall. That'll be Tom Petty. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yes, that's it. And then um, one of the uh, the Buckies says to the girl who's been asking all these questions, the Super Patriot. Didn't you used to sing? If I had a hammer? <laughs> no, that was Peter Paul and Mary. Um, I've got to see someone. She walks away. And then there's 
Super Patriot answering the guy who came up with sunglasses. Yep, I can stretch out my wrap as long as you need. I have a way of working a crowd. Great, marvelous, wonderful. And then uh, Super Patriot's on the on the stage, and we know that by what he's saying, but not by the art, because the art shows somebody standing there, like you know, a band, you know, because mm-hmm. they have guitars wrapped around them. So I think there's a little bit of a mistake here, but it is the Super Patriot yelling out to the crowd. Hi, Americans. I call myself the Super Patriot. And just like each and every one of you here, I love this supercharged country of ours. After all, America invented rock and roll. And that's what we're all here for today, isn't it? To share the spirit, the pride, and the fun. But let's not forget the other reason why we're here. We're here to support the farmers, the factory workers, the families who can't party with us. Because there's no food on the table or roofs over their heads. Then you see Steve and Bernie in the, in the uh, audience. Boy, Steve, that super patriot really has the audience eating out of his hand. I think he panders a bit much, but he sure has charisma. You say he's a baddie? It seems that way. I'm going to go backstage. Have a word with him. Meet you at the van at 7 o'clock. And he gets backstage, and he's he's got his Captain America uniform underneath his suit, which he's in between a, a couple of trucks, so he's kind of hidden while he's changing his clothes i'll bet backstage passes are impossible to come by for civilians but captain america has a way of making doors open usually hello sir i'm captain america this is my avengers id card i would like to see super patriot buddy of his huh well you don't look like a groupie type to me so go on in wow it's like the who's who and pop music back here thanks to bernie broadening my musical taste while we were an item i I actually recognize most of these musicians. Is that Tina Turner? Who do you think these other ones are, Bob? Oh, man, I see Prince. I think mm-hmm. I see Prince there in the foreground. And, and I think that, old, that, that previous Joan, I think that might have been, been uh, Joan Baez. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure who the other uh, long-haired freaky dude is. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Neil Young. I don't know. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Bob, I'm, what's going on with that shield? Look at the shield, Bob. Yeah. I mean, in, in that panel with the with the the performers. Yeah. Yeah. There's a fourth ring, Bob. Yeah. It, I think it, the yeah. color is missed up there. I think I yeah. think that center uh, darkness should have been expanded. I think they put a, uh, a an extra white ring there by mistake. Hmm. Yeah. Super Patriot wrangling his way into this trendy crowd as a great PR coup. His manager must have gotten connected. Oh, there he is. And so he's walking out and his entourage is like, great rap, Soup. I'd like to speak to you, Super. Huh? Him. Let me handle this, boys. What a great surprise. Grandpa America. I think you're at the wrong place, Gramps. The Lawrence Welk concert is on the other side of town. (laughs) That's actually pretty funny. That is a good one. Yeah. Say the witticism, Super. What I have to say is serious. Okay, old-timer, serious it is. Come on, let's go someplace a bit more private. Incidentally, I'm glad you had the nerve to wear your uniform this time. That suit you were wearing the first time we met, pretty silly looking. What's he referring to there, Bob? That was back in Cap uh, Issue 323, Rick. Yeah. Let me get straight to the point, Super. I know that it's your three bully boys who've been doing the campus lawn burnings and the scare tactics on foreigners. 
My, oh my, such accusations. You know what I'm talking about. You know, they're, they're all on your payroll. Last time we spoke, I told you I would blow the whistle on your operation if I found you had stepped out of line. You just did. I had nothing to do with those things you accused me of, Grandpa. And I know you can't possibly prove I did. So what are you going to do about that? Hmm? And he has a big smirk on his face. For the next panel, we have Cap just kind of smiling and thinking to himself. He's trying to bait me, provoke a fight between us. It sure is tempting. I'd love to wipe that obnoxious smirk right off his face. But he's right. I don't have hard evidence on him yet. And a fight would prove nothing. So he walks away. The offer I made you last time still stands. If you beat me in battle, I'll confess to any old thing you want. I'll even say I put the crack in the Liberty Bell. Where are you going, Grandpa? It's supper time at your rest home. Con men, hoodlums, frauds, they all slip up eventually. I'm going to be there when you do. Count on it. And that doesn't go over well with Super Patriot. He thinks to himself, "Uh uh-uh, he's not punking out on me this time. I mean to prove my superior over him right here and now. And he pulls out that blade, that flaming blade that I mentioned earlier. And then we get the scene to the cover. News bulletin, Grandpa. The national bird is the eagle, not the chicken. And he comes down. Cap puts his shield up. I heard him pounce just in the nick. Maybe it's time someone taught that tough old hen a lesson. I wouldn't pick a fight with a guy just because he's a jerk, but by God, now that he's started, I'm not going to back down. Sneak attacks, rather un-American, wouldn't you say? Oh, how about the bombing of Libya? He's fast with a torch sword of his, but he's kidding himself. He thinks I'm going to get let him get near me with it. Ha! Nice to see you're practicing your jig, Gramps. But the jig is, ah, uh, and Steve just nails him in the back of the head with the shield. And he thinks to himself, ordinarily, I'd never risk striking someone with the edge of my shield. But from what I've seen of this Joker in action, he's made of pretty stern stuff. Fancy schmancy, Grandpa. You actually got me seeing stars. Now, how about if I decorate you with a couple of bloody stripes? No. How about if you dispense with your lame witticisms? They're almost as funny as your commitment to the ideals of America. You dare to insinuate that I'm less committed to the ideals of America than you? Ha! Trouble with you, Grandpa, is your concept of America and her ideals isn't dated and obsolete as you are. And he hits him, but Cap puts his shield up. You're out of step with America. You don't know what makes this country and the people tick anymore. And Cap jumps over and hits him back in the head again, but his flame sword just knocks out this this vehicle and the big big sound effect, Bob. Then we're scared my cat. (laughs) (laughs) Then Cap throws his shield. Right here. (laughs) Cap throws his shield and says, "America's ideals are timeless. Super liberty, justice, and the pursuit of happiness never go out of style." And he knocks. The, the blade out of his hand. But he loses his shield in the process. But at least, he thinks, I disarmed him. And he punches him in the face. Don't tell me that was your best punch, Grandpa. That was about as wussy as your attempt to dazzle me with your keen insights into America. Closer, super, just a bit more. Now while he's off balance, and he takes him, and he tosses him over him, 
and he lands into a, another uh, car and just demolishes it. And what's that one say? Ash. Such an old trick, Gramps. I was so shocked that anyone tried something so unimaginative. I actually fell for it. He's tougher than I thought. He totaled that car and got up without a scratch. He cut me off before I could recover my shield, too. Just what will it take to beat this guy? And then he ducks a punch that goes into a van, and that one says, Boom! I have to keep hammering away at him and not let him lay a glove on me and pray he runs out of steam before I do. And we're going panel to panel to panel, and he's just punching away and dodging and punching away and dodging. Ah, my knuckles feel like I've been smashing them against a brick wall a couple dozen times. I can't quite close my fists. They're so swollen. And he punches us so hard that Super Patriot uh, goes through a, a pole and just snaps it. But at least it looks like the Super is down for the count. Now the question is, what do I do with him? And as he gets closer, well, me goodness promised to... Con- what? You know, I fooled you by the oldest trick in the books, Gramps. Playing possum. It'll take more than you got to knock me out. What's gotten into me? I've never underestimated my opponents this badly. In my line of work, I can't ever afford to have an off day. Better not let them know I can't make a fist. And he smacks them and, and makes them go past them. And then here we go. It says here, for 27 more minutes, Captain America and the Super Patriot battle. The Patriot never quite being able to land a blow on Cap. Cap never quite being able to smash the Patriot hard enough to keep him down. And Cap's actually tired. He's leaning against a car with his arms back. Unbelievable. I've never fought such a protracted one-on-one fight before. I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if I can win this one. Had enough yet, Gramps? I have. You're a sprightly old rascal, and I'd love to stay here and demolish a couple more dozen cars with you. But I've got to run. And he grabs into his pouch, and he grabs throwing stars and he tosses three of them i've just heard springsteen come on stage and i really want to see him play but just so you don't think i care here's something to remember me by throwing stars got to dodge and he gets hit he two of he dodges but one goes right in the center of his chest and he looks shocked and surprised that it landed i must be tired one hit me embedded into my chainmail shirt Bullseye. <laughs> Guess that makes me the winner of this little match, wouldn't you say, Gramps? I believe these are yours. Ha <laughs> ha, you, you do have some spunk for a loser. Really, Gramps, I'd love to stick around and finish you off, but I could do that anytime. On the other hand, how often will I get to hear the boss perform 10 feet away? Ciao, loser. And he runs off. Did I really lose that fight? No, it, it was a draw. Neither of us was down but I can't remember ever coming so close to losing or even being so relieved that a fight was over. I feel lousy. I'm surprised if there was like a half hour fight that just the two of them there, like dozens of cars were demolished. No one came. Nobody heard, nobody heard it. Do you know, nobody like gathered around to see what was going on. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little surprised about that. So he's back at the, the van and then there's uh, Bernie. She comes out. Steve, what happened? How did your talk with the Super Patriot go? He came on right after Springsteen with another patriotic spiel. He picked a fight with me. We fought for almost an hour. I, I couldn't beat him. Strength, stamina, superior to mine. Fighting skill, the will to win, perhaps equal. I just 
couldn't win. Gee, Steve, I, I haven't seen you this down in the dump since Nomad left. You want to talk about it some more? No. Okay. And they drive off. And then Bernie thinks to herself, gee, I wasn't expecting Steve to get this bummed out this weekend. All is tooling around the country by himself with no one to talk to. It's really taken its toll. Guess this won't be a good weekend to have that heart-to-heart talk I was hoping to have with him. To tell him, I think it would be the best for both of us if we broke off our engagement. <gasps> oh, no. <sighs> let me cut to the uh, next page into Washington, D.C. It's Sunday night. The head auditor said he'd inquire into the matter, but I know how overburdened he is. I had the distinct impression he wouldn't mind if I followed through on the investigation myself. So that's what I've done. Spent the whole weekend glued to this terminal, researching the name on this peculiar tax return. I just know I've got to be in one of the government files. Going all the way back through recently declassified World War II documents is a bit of a long shot, but my word, that name Stephen G. Rogers, it's here. Says he's the man who volunteered for Operation Rebirth, the project that created Captain America. That means he must be. So what do I do with this tidbit of information now that I have it, pray tell? Dun, dun, dun. That was the end of the first issue. Wow. I'm shocked that they would declassify that piece of information. Yes, I agree. I will say uh, just real quick uh, about this issue. I, I, you know, when I had a little bit of a reminiscent um, about that battle between Super Patriot and Captain America and the way they fought and their straight training blows and tumbling and he was taking people and throwing them and, and then dodging and fighting. And it reminded me of like a, a fight scene from Tales of Suspense. Mm-hmm. How so? It just seemed like something Jack Kirby, you know, did, you know, a lot of, yeah. you know, like whether he's fighting uh, Batroc or, or someone else, it just, it just seemed like, you know, one of those classic Kirby hand-to-hand battles. Hmm. All right. All right. I'm gonna have to go back and check that out. All right. All right. (laughs) All right, Bob. So for issue 328, on the cover, we have another beautiful Mike Zek cover, and it is Captain America tied uh, to some futuristic type of laboratory uh, table that is at a, oh, I don't know. What, what would you say is a 20 degree angle? That seems about right, Rick. I, I think. Yeah. Okay. So it's not straight up. It's not at not 45 degree angle it's you know it's a little up but anyway uh his hands are in these uh really weird looking um uh silver device um and he's in the background and in the foreground we have this character that we've never seen before dressed like this and he is battling these two goons these two ball-headed goons uh that are very muscular. Now, the center character is actually very muscular as well. And he is wearing a costume that uh, I'll I'll just say the the legs and arms are yellow. The boots, gloves and torso are black. 
um, and it has a black and yellow mask. If you looked at the mask, you would say, oh, that's like a Wolverine mask, except for the coloring, because the coloring uh, where it would be orange or brown is yellow, but the, the front part is black and points up. Um, and then on his black torso, there's a humongous D that's red, and he has a red belt. And so it's a combination of the original Daredevil's yellow and black costume that he had um, when he first debuted, and and Wolverine with the mask and, and some of the coloring effects. So the caption reads, Daredevil? Nope. Wolverine? Uh-uh. It's D-Man. D hyphen man. And then you have D man punching out these guys. And he says, don't worry, cap, I'll save you. And Steve thinks to himself, has it come to this? That expression on cap's face is golden. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think he's thinking what a lot of people are thinking when it comes to this character D man. But, uh, you know, I loved him. I thought he was great in the series. Uh, and this is his, his introduction to the cap series. He's, he's, he, he's, his name is Dennis Dumphy and he's, he has been around. Um, and we'll get to that in a moment. I think there'll be a caption or something that says where he was listed, but this is his introduction to captain America. Now the story uh, is written by Mark Grunewald. Um, the art is, Paul Neary, but this one is finished not by John Beatty, but by Vince Coletta. And it does have a different art style. You could totally see the difference between John Beatty and Vince Coletta finishing Paul Neary. And then the letters, Diana Albers, colors, Ken Dukowitz, edits Don Daly, and then editor-in-chief, and then editor-in-chief, Jim Shooter. So the uh, splash opening panel is uh, a, some muscle bound guy in a red shirt laying on his back lifting. And it says one ton and he's uh, struggling at it. The cap comes into this, this gymnasium and uh, he opens up the doors and he walks in in his uniform and he's thinking to himself, impressive. And this title, of this story is called the hard way. Los Angeles, the multi-million dollar headquarters and training center for the unlimited class wrestling federation. And sure enough, there's a bunch of, of wrestlers that are working out and they're all in their different costumes. Cap thinks to himself, the facilities here are incredible. Not even Avengers Mansion has weight training equipment this elaborate. And then um, there's a bunch of people who are working out. Come on out, Red Zeppelin. Scream. You got to convince the folks that Sawbones is hurting you. Ah, how's that? Hey, Icepick, check out the dude dressed like Captain America. And then Cap comes up to somebody uh, who's working out. And the colorist messed up here, Bob. Got the red and white stripes wrong. Interesting. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, the colorist is, is screwing up here because what I've got, at least on my digital version here, uh, in that double page splash, Captain America's right glove is blue. 
And he's got the red and white stripes colored correctly, where the red stripe is underneath the white star. But on this next page, when he comes up to the guy, it's it's not. It's switched. Right, yeah. Ah, I know I'm a stickler for details like that. <sighs> Excuse me, fella. I'm looking for Edward Garner. His secretary told me to try down here. Oh, yeah? Pal, you got to be kidding with that get up. That's Captain America's outfit. I know. I'm Captain America. Ha! Sure. And I'm the Queen of England. You're going to have to dream up an original name and costume if you hope to get yourself a merchandising deal. You can't rip off somebody as well known as Captain A. I am the real original Captain America. You must think I'm a new UCWF wrestler. What's UCWF stand for? Uh, the unlimited category. I don't know. We just covered it, right? <laughs> <laughs> unlimited class. Class weightlifting federation, right? Wrestling federation. All right, whatever. <laughs> you can't be him. You're too small to be him. Come on. Let's show. Let's see who this joker really is. And then there's a whole bunch of people coming at him from different angles. Judging by the weight these people were lifting, I'll bet they're all stronger than I. But when has that ever made a difference? And he jumps straight up and the three of them hit each other in the head. Hey, where do you do know, Missy? He's up atop and he comes down and lands on them. I've got nothing to gain by fighting them, but I doubt they're going to let me just walk out of here. Look out below. The mom moves like an eel. Hey, Jersey, steamroller. Come on. Lumberjack's putting a rookie through the paces. And all these different characters start running them. If I let one of them touch me, it'll be all over. I've got to keep them at a distance. No fair fighting with a rep and a rookie. Let's teach little boy blue here how we do things. Oh, great. More of them closing in from all sides. Come on, fellas. I'm here to talk, not play ring around the rosy. Got to wait for a good opening. Monkey pile, little boy blue. Take that blinking garbage can lit away from him. Ow! Well, we'll knock this hot shot down a peg. And then uh, this other guy comes in. He's got a, a big red mohawk, Bob. Mm. And he starts grabbing people off the pile. All right, you guys, break it up before someone gets hurt. Hey, Demo, what's a big idea? The idea is you don't go roughhousing with a stranger before finding out if he's unlimited class or not. So what's the scoop, pal? You unlimited? As a matter of fact, no. I'm Captain America, and I'm here on business. If you're really Captain America, answer me this. Where did you first meet Benjamin Grimm? I met Ben when the Avengers and the FF fought the Hulk in New York City. Hey, guys. This is the real McCoy. And that was actually uh, an FF Fantastic Four 26, Bob. Mm, way back when. Maybe I should check that out. You know, I think uh, I don't have very many Fantastic Fours in my collection, but if I'm going to get one, maybe it's Fantastic Four 26 where Fantastic Four meets Cap for the first time. Huh. Yeah, that sounds like that'd be a good one to have. I probably shouldn't just mention that to a bunch of Cap fans now. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to <laughs> find one now. They're like, what? It's double the price. That's the Captain America. Don't look like no living legend to me. Sorry to hassle you, man. Come on, Cap. Let's go somewhere, where we, someplace where we can hear ourselves talk. So this guy with the red mohawk 
leads Cap away. I was one of Ben Grimm's best buddies while he was with the UCWF Cap. I used to pastor him and tell me about you hero types. You were one of the guys he'd like talking about. Oh, by the way, the name's Dumphy. They call me Demolition Dumphy when I prance around in the ring. You could call me Demo if you want. Pleased to meet you, Demo. Those jerks back in the gym, they're okay, actually. They just get high spirit at times. They didn't mean any harm. No harm was done. So tell me about Ben. I hear he's back with the Fantastic Four. Guess he's too busy saving the world to have time for staying in touch with folks. He is on the go a lot. Shucks, you probably didn't come all the way to get the third degree about a mutual friend. What does bring you here to Garner's Goon House? I'm looking for information about several men. One in particular that I believe may have been unlimited class wrestlers. Bad eggs or you wouldn't be interested in them, right? Say, I could scrounge up a spare towel if you want to rinse off that sweat those meatheads made you work up. All right. So Cap decides to go take a shower with him. <laughs> Seems an odd turn of events, honestly. What, what, what? I'm like, you know, thanks. I'm going to wait till I get back to my van. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, you know, I just got attacked by a bunch of people. Nothing's more vulnerable than being naked. <laughs> so Cap thinks to himself, Demo's quite a likable guy. I can see why he and Ben hit it off. Yes, the guys are looking for a bad eggs, all right. So they get into the shower. Right now they have towels on. Say, Demo, if you don't mind me asking, how do you and your fellow wrestlers get so darn strong? Well, Garner wants us to keep it quiet, but if I can't trust you, who can I trust? I wasn't always this strong. Back in college, I was just another normal all-American redneck jock. After graduation, I was sure that I'd be picked up by one of the majors and become a pro. It didn't happen that way. I tried out for a number of teams, but nobody wanted me. I had to face facts. I, I just wasn't good enough. But I hadn't got as far as I got by being a quitter. And besides, I hadn't the slightest idea what else to do with my life. So I kept working out in the gym, practicing, training, hoping I'd yet to make the grade. It was there this seedy little guy handed me a card, offered me great physical power for a price i molded over for about two seconds and decided to go for it soon i was in a small room with a harsh lights chatting with a dude called the power broker hmm i can't remember bob is this the first reference to the power broker i, I can't either but i think it might be I'm trying to think where i might have come across him earlier Hmm. I'm looking it up. Mm -hmm. I don't hmm, I don't think it is. No, I it think says it's, it's 2.30. Hmm. Okay, so we missed that. All right. He laid it on the line. The treatment was risky and only worked on half the folks who tried it. The half it didn't work on were injured by the process. On the other hand, I only had to pay for it if it worked. I said, let's do it already. After filling out a million forms, I was strapped to a contraption out of a Frankenstein movie and put up with the treatment for six hours. 
turned out I was one of the lucky half. The treatment souped me up, maybe about a hundred times stronger than I was. They gave me a bunch of pills that were supposed to stabilize the side effect of the treatment and offered me a variety of employment opportunities so I could get paid for the treatment. I took the pills, but said no thanks to the job replacement program. I knew what I wanted to do with my super bod, get myself on a pro team and kick pigskin for a living. When I went to work a, a bit before my tryout, I, I got a rude shock. I become too strong to play football. If I can kick a football so hard it explodes, imagine what I would happen if I tackled a human being. Ironic, huh? So eventually I, I went back to the broker and his agents told me to, about the UCWF. So all of the unlimited class wrestlers have undergone this power broker's treatment? No, not all. Three quarters of us, maybe. The rest claim to have come by their strength naturally. Mutants, I guess that'd make them. Have a towel. Thanks. I'm very intrigued by this power broker character. Know how to get in touch with him? Sorry, Cap. As far as I know, he's closed shop a few months back. Guess you never heard about the scandal that nearly shut the UCWF down, huh? What happened was my, my buddy, the thing, did something to get the broker mad at him. I'm not sure what. So the broker sent word to all his clients in the wrestling biz to fetch Ben and his lady friend and bring them to him. If they failed, he cut off the supply of the stabilizing drug. It seemed the pills were quite addictive, and it was agony going cold turkey from them. I ought to know. That's what I did. No way was I going to rat out my pal Ben, even if it killed me. So they, they got done drying off and putting their clothes back on. Well, I felt like I was dying, but I didn't, obviously. Two weeks later, the pain stopped, and I had kicked the stuff. Ben wrecked the power broker's lab. The broker dropped out of sight. All the wrestlers the broker souped up went through the same horrible withdrawal symptoms I did. And Garner went nuts trying to keep the media in the dark about it all. Any way I can get a look at Garner's file of wrestlers and applicants? Probably. I'm pretty chummy with his secretary. So later they're, they're leaving the, the building. So none of the guys on file is the one you're looking for, huh? Not that I could tell, Demo, but I do appreciate all your help, just to say. Hey, no problem, man. So if you don't mind me asking, what are you going to do now? I'm convinced there's a connection between the man I'm looking for and this power broker you've told me about. My next step is to try to find the power broker. Say, how about if I came along for the ride? I've got a real score to set up with the broker for turning me and my wrestling pal pals into junkies. I would be a big help to you in this, Cap. I know it. Don't you have professional commitments? I'd get my manager to cancel them. No problem. All right. You're on, Demo. I'll meet you here tonight at 10. Look for a blue van. Thanks, Cap. You won't regret this. See you then. I thought his fan was, van was red. Hmm. Well, you know. Constantly on the move. Meanwhile, in Washington, D.C., Mr. Kellogg, Mr. Hutchinson, we'd like to thank you gentlemen for bringing this most unusual tax return to our attention. It indeed appears as if the Defense Department made a bit of an error in awarding this fellow almost a million dollars in back pay dating back to 1945. While it's true Stephen M. Rogers was not officially declared dead in 1945, he certainly was not serving his country in an official capacity all these years. 
But records say Rogers is Captain America. Surely his peacetime activities have served the country. As I said, he was not served in an official capacity. And that is what the nearly million dollars worth of our taxpayers' hard-earned money has paid for. Captain America's contributions to our nation as a mascot is not what is an issue here. His tax return is. Again, our department would like to thank you for your efforts. Good day, gentlemen. Good day to you too, Corporal. I have this terrible feeling, sir, that we've just made Captain America's life more difficult. Relax, Hutchinson. We're all just doing our jobs. So 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. I mean, there's the blue van and demos getting in it. Demolition. Right on, Cap. I look a bit different with my mohawk shaved off, huh? A bit. Well, I figured that way we may be cool in the wrestling area just didn't make it alongside you. Besides, it didn't go with my brand new superhero suit. Want to see it? Look, Demo, let's get this straight. I'm, I'm working with you on this job, but I'm not really in the market for a new regular partner. Sure, I can dig that, but I do need some sort of disguise. I mean, my face and costume are pretty well known in some circles. You're right. So what's our first move? I checked in with the West Coast Avengers for any leads on scientists who have experimented in the area on strength augmentation. The only name I came up with is Dr. Carl Mallitz a fellow I've had a run-in with once before. So they get to this place and they come out of the van and uh, Demo is in his costume, although the mask is colored wrong. And the colorist has let me down on this this uh, issue, Bob. Mm. <laughs> well, I don't know if you just noticed also, but they just referred to him as uh, Steve M. Rogers. Oh, they did they? They did, yeah. Ah. Threw, me, threw me for a loop on that uh, the previous page because it's G right or something. Well, that's just it. In the in the previous issue, it was Stephen G. Rogers. So, yeah, so a little little slapdash. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the editor was up to, but uh... just a minute, Cap. I'm I'm trying to get my mask on straight. I'm not really used to wearing one. There, all set. See, now that's the kind of stuff that Mark Grunewald yeah, does. Right. Yeah. Like that was totally not necessary to the story. <laughs> right. And he does stuff like that all the time. Um, and it, I, I don't know. It's endearing. It adds, I think, to the more realism. Right. You know, yeah. There's some the depth there. Sort of, it's it's human communication that is not necessarily pared down for efficiency, right? Right, because we just we covered that. You know, we we brought that up in um, uh, episode sixty seven a few weeks ago, which was uh, we covered Stephen Rachel's first date. Yeah, you know, it's just it's funny. Like here's thought balloons, here's this, here's that. Um, before we go in, you got to tell me, how do I look? I think I've seen that costume before, Demo. I know. It's based on the suit Daredevil once wore. I used to be a big fan of his. You too, of course. I've decided to call myself the Demolition Man. D-Man, for short. That sound okay? That's fine. Say, Cap, do you really think that Malice will be on the same old laboratory you caught him in the last time? No, but you have to rule out the obvious places first. And then they leave the uh, the place. 
To judge by the amount of dust and cobwebs, Malice has not used this particular facility in a long time. At least that illuminates one possibility. Running into dead ends happens all the time in this line of work, D-Man. The trick is not to get discouraged and keep on narrowing the possibilities. I think we could safely eliminate the place where I was souped up. Ben's lady friend told me it was abandoned. We can't eliminate it till we've checked it ourselves. I, I like this part of the story too, right? It's not like we need to go find the villains. Hey, we found the villains. Let's have a fight, right? Like there's, there's, you know, work to get done to get there. Yeah. And, and Mark yeah. Broomwell makes that, I think, real as well. The next morning, we're sitting in a diner. In, in their civvies. I have to admit, uh, CA, that I was expecting just a little more excitement than we encountered last night. I mean, four big shakedowns, four big zilches. If you want out, DM, I'll understand. No, no, I'm, I'm no quitter. This is all just very new to me. I, I didn't know what to expect yet. You might tell me about this guy you think the power broker knows something about. All right. He calls himself the Super Patriot. The first I heard of him was at a rally he held in New York Central Park last summer. It was like a political rally. The Super Patriot was campaigning for my official job as America's living symbol. That was fine with me. The First Amendment granted him the right to voice his opinions. What was not all right was that when he staged a little fracas with three goons claiming to be my supporters, the exhibition was convincing enough to cause the crowd to panic. Fortunately, there were no serious injuries. I spoke to Super afterwards, warned him not to pull such a stunt again. He did not take kindly to my suggestion and sent his three goons to rough me up. I got the better of them. The Super continued his smear campaign against me, while his goons com committed acts of vandalism and intimidation under the guise of patriotism. I confronted the Super Patriot again about it a week ago, and he provoked me into a battle. He proved to be a very capable fighter, because possessing strength and stamina far greater than mine. Try as I might, I just, I couldn't beat him. If he hadn't decided to call off the fight when he did, I, I fear he might have even beaten me. That's probably what disturbs me the most about it, that he actually managed to undermine my self-confidence. One of the reasons he claims I, I should be replaced is that I'm over the hill. I've lost my edge. Well, after sparring with him, I wonder if he may be right. Oh, come on, CA. You're the best in the business. Everyone knows that. You probably just had an off day. That's kind of you to say. But I don't know. Every athlete peaks at some point in life, some at a very young age. Me, I'm not that young anymore. Hey, I wonder if Cap wants to find the power broker so he can get souped up too. Later that day, Steve Rogers and Dennis Dumphy separate, scouring Los Angeles investigating all the likely places where the power broker would send his talent scouts. Finally, four days later, when they make their morning rendezvous, CA, great news, I scored. You did? Yep, check it out. Got it from a seedy-looking guy at a dive called How Lee's Karate Academy. And he hands him a business card. Great, I'll give them a call right away. What's, a, what's the business card say, Bob? Our broker incorporated. We can make you superhuman. Call for an appointment. Now, I'm not giving the number out that's written on the card because, well, 
obvious reasons. Well, Bob, there's there is one one number missing, one digit missing at the end because a thumbs over top of it. Mm-hmm. But someone could dial the first nine numbers and then just try right. zero. And you, and you know, someone in the group would. <laughs> so. Yeah, my my bets on Ralph Warner. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the address I was given, that ice cream parlor. I better leave my shield and uniform here with you. I'm certain to be frisked before you let me see anyone. You got a half hour, CA. Then I'm coming in after you. So he walks in in his civvies, wearing a suit, to the ice cream parlor. And he says to the guy behind the counter, Hi, I'd like the peanut butter and praline mint sundae. With a cherry? No, sprinkles. Wonder what they could wonder what they would do if you can't remember the password. Step this way. Walk slowly down the corridor till you reach the next door. This hallway is probably studded with various scanning devices. Yes, I feel myself getting the works. And it says weapon scan, none, height, six foot two inches, weight, 240 pounds, respiration rate, BPM, percentage body fat to weight, 2%. Hey, Bob, you and I are working towards Whoa. that 2%, right? <laughs> yeah. Put a, another number after that. Yeah. <laughs> likeness, likeness search, not on file. Sure hope I can get some information out of him before he cover, my cover is penetrated. And then we see in a silhouette, a man behind a desk with spotlights behind him so you can't see him. It's nice to see you, Mr. Stevens. I commend your ability to follow instructions. Now, could you tell me in your own words why you'd like to undergo my strength augmentation program? Well, I I met this guy, called himself Super Patriot, who bragged he got souped up strength from you. I wanted to check it out for myself. You heard of the guy, haven't you? Truth probability index 7.8. I will ask the questions if you don't mind, Mr. Stevens. What would you do with superhuman strength if you had it? Oh, I don't know. Make money or get famous like Super Patriot did? Truth probability index, 3.3. You're not telling the truth, Mr. Stevens. Speak truly or you will be given categorically denied the opportunity to... Okay, okay. Look, I want to find out more about the Super Patriot. He gave me a hard time. Made me look like a chump. I want to get him back. Truth probability index, 9.5. I'm sorry, Mr. Stevens, but we respect the confidentiality of our clients. Are you a police officer? No, I, this is getting me nowhere. Truth probability index, 5.1. Let me try the more direct approach. And he comes running at the man behind the desk. Got him before he could move. A setup, should have known. It was a dummy, Bob. Oh. And then breaking in through the doors, or remember on the cover, I told you there's the two goons, the two ball-headed goons, the big muscle goons. Here they come. A wise guy, Mangler. I hate wise guys. Yes, but I do appreciate the opportunity to dispense true wisdom to the unenlightened. And these guys look like, like big dumb oafs. Right. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're bald and they're muscular and they're wearing kind of corny outfits. 
um, they don't sound like they would have intelligent words to say. Mm. Then why don't you do the honors, old sport? My pleasure. Well, this eight-foot ape is fast. This fellow fancies himself a jackrabbit, bludgeon. I hate rabbits. These boys are strong, real strong. Can't let them tag me. How about I make us some rabbit stew? Don't even have my shield to protect me. But he breaks, and, and one of them punches the wall so hard that it falls. So Steve uses that to get through and escape. Now, here's the break I was waiting for. Made-to-order emergency exit. If I'm fast enough, I can ditch these bruise brothers before the dust settles. Oh, Bob, who are the bruise brothers? <laughs> They're on a mission from God, Rick. yeah it's dark out and we're wearing sunglasses (laughs) which way did it go mangler you take that way chum and i the other still have 15 minutes before d-man storms the place i better find myself some cover sure hope this place isn't crawling with super musclemen and he breaks into uh, a room and it's like an operating room there's a guy on a on a gurney and there's a a nurse, and then Dr. Malice. What are you doing here? There's someone to be augmented before you. You must wait your turn. I recognize him. That's Carl Malice. He doesn't know me without my uniform, however. You don't know how happy I'm to see you, doctor. But before he could take three steps, thump, 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 he gets hit in the back with tranquilizers. Ah, oh, shot in back. Some sort of tranquilizers got to and uh, and he falls down and the guy who shot him is a you know an armed guard are you all right doctor yes lieutenant thank you what a place maniacs running around loose want me to get an orderly no no this is this is the man who had such extraordinary readings when he was scanned on the way in i want to try a few tests on him Help me get him into the treatment platform. Now, outside, we have D-Man. And he's in costume. And he's holding Cap's shield. 29 minutes. 30 by the time I get in there. Okay, Cap. Here I come. Ready or not. Hope you save me some of the mop-up. And he runs past the, the guy behind the counter, who all of a sudden is now a redhead. He was not a redhead before, Bob. There's an issue with consistency. Yes. It's hard to lose track of these things. For 74 cents, Bob, you can get a uh, an ice cream cone. Or, or a copy of this comic. Exactly. Which one would you rather have, Bob? <laughs> I'm going to go with the comic. Me too. Hey, where do you think you're... Hit the alarm. And then D-Man busts through a door just like... like and this is a... I don't know. It looks like a 12-inch steel door. But he's so strong, he busts off the hinges. And it makes a a real loud noise, Bob. What is that? Damn. Yeah. Another wise guy, huh? I hate wise guys. Out of my way, Charlie, or you're going to find out why I'm called the Demolition Man. Hey, Mangler, you impressed by that name as much as I am? Not in the least, old bean. Elsewhere. And we got the cover. Where caps in that you know that fancy device, right? Where he's at that twenty degree angle. 
I believe it's tech, technically called a treatment platform, Rick. Oh, yeah, I think you're technically right. Biopsy shows he's already got some sort of primitive augmented agent in his cells, Nurse Lawler. I'm curious to see how that might react with our standard treatment. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Another whoops for the pig pens. This man does not sign the releases. I must remind you, doctor. So the broker's hardly going to fire me over such an oversight. Uh, where it's some sort of contraption. Dizzying lights. Am I being put through the strength augmentation process or? Malice. Attention all personnel. This installation has been compromised. You have 10 minutes to totally evacuate the premises. Oh, drat. Not again. I so wanted to see how this turned out. Come along, doctor. We must see the paying clients. Coming, my dear. Hey, you're not going to... They did. They left me here. What's machine doing to me? Can't rest free. Wish I did have superhuman strength. But just then, D-Man comes through and some oddly colored shield, Bob. It's missing a stripe. <gasps> we went from four stripes to two stripes, Bob. Well, they're, ma- they're making it up for it here. Uh, I guess. Well, it's the accounting process. <laughs> D-Man yells, Captain! Have you out there in a jiffy? And he uses his shield to break him out. D-Man, this machine, is, is this the augmenter? Looks like the same one they used on me. Why would they want to augment me, an enemy? Beats me, but I know someone who would. No. <laughs> Stupid period. <laughs> Beats me, but I know someone who would know. Hang on a second. And he runs out into the hallway and he grabs Dr. Malice, who he, I guess he knocked unconscious on his way in. Ran into this fellow, among others, on my way in. He was easy. Malice. Wake up, you little twerp. Uh, what were you doing to me? Augmentation. Why? If you were left under long enough, your muscles would explode. Then you have augmented me? Partially. I, I, I'd have to finish to make it permanent. If you want, CA, I can lean on this twerp a bit, force him to finish the treatment. He makes the slightest slip up. I'd squeeze him so hard, brains will squirt out of his ears. And he starts to put pressure on his temples. Ow, 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 ow! Time was when the super soldier serum in my veins was state of the art. The ultimate human augmentation process. It enhanced my strength, speed, endurance, reflexes, all to the peak of human perfection. But this new and treatment enhances physical attributes far past the peak of human perfection. Once, the super soldier serum gave me an edge over almost everyone. Now it seems that every other person I fight is stronger than me. I had superhuman strength for a short time a couple of years ago. It came in handy. It felt pretty good. And if I had it again, I'd be able to take on Super Patriot with ease. And yet... Remember that, Bob, a few years ago when he had that superhuman strength? What was that about? That was about having superhuman strength, Rick. Yes, and you remember when we talked with Steve Engelhardt about that? <laughs> I actually don't, Rick. Oh, my God. <laughs> there was a point in Steve Engelhardt's run uh-huh. where he, the editor told him to, to, to make Steve super strong. And then there was that, he got... Uh, 
I guess it was at um not the Viper, um one of the Serpent Squad um gave him some sort of venom and it mixed with the super soldier serum and it made him extra strong. And then he was extra strong for a while and it, which made, made the Falcon jealous and he quit the team. Yeah. Does that ring a bell? It doesn't. It doesn't. Oh my God. But, but I will tell you why, Rick, I, I think I've mentioned this uh, to you before that you drink I, while we do these podcasts. I, well, I do do that, but I'm also, uh, I, I have this like aversion to the serpent squad. And I refuse to read anything uh, with the Serpent Squad. We read it online. It was one of our podcasts, Bob. Was it? Yeah. I don't recall that. Episode 51, which we covered Captain America 161, 162, was the return of Dr. Faustus and Peggy Carter. Okay. He was super strong during that. And then in episode 52, which I highly recommend all our listeners check out if you haven't, we talked to legendary cap writer Steve Englehart. And we bring up the fact, you know, about his superpower. And he was like, yeah, it was like an editorial thing. We did it for a few issues, kind of forgot about it and it went away. Huh. I'm getting and old, Rick. Apparently. <laughs> I'm getting old. I mean, but I love the fact that Mark Grunwald remembers this mm-hmm. and refers to it. Yeah. Of course, at that point, it was probably like 10 years before, but still. Yeah. So Cap's struggling with this, right? And he says, if I had it again, I'd be able to take the Super Patriot easy with ease. And yet, what happens if I don't finish the treatment, Malice? Any harmful harmful side effects? I truly can't say. No one's ever stopped at this point before. So how about it, CA? Want to get souped up like me? Then you could keep obnoxious little whiners like Mally Boy here under wraps. And he takes a steel girder that somehow was in a computer lab and wraps it around Dr. Mounds. This is a very difficult decision, D-Man. My first impulse is to go for it. But my second is, if something's not broken, why fix it? Fact is, I'm not broken. I've managed to do okay for myself without augmented strength. An old soldier like me gets used to his limitations as well as his abilities and learns to work with them. And no matter how strong a man becomes, there will always be somebody stronger. Great strength alone is no guarantee the fights will get any easier. In fact, it could throw off my entire fighting technique, cause certain other battle skills to become weaker. I guess I enjoy the challenge of beating the odds against me too much to change my approach this late in the game. I'll pass on the rest of the treatment. Suit yourself, C.A., you stay here with Malice. See if he'll tell you anything you hoped you'd learn here. I'll go scout the rest of the place and, and fetch your uniform from the truck. Check. And then Cap thinks to himself, have I just made a bad decision? And then we cut to this last panel. Washington, D.C. Thank you for bringing information to the commission, gentlemen. I think we are agreed. He cannot be permitted to operate in this manner any longer. Send agents to bring Captain America in. To be continued. Ooh, that, that, that doesn't sound uh, that doesn't sound good, Rick. I know. And see, this is the reason we decided to do this, this road to the captain, because you know, a lot of stuff built up to this. And and Mark is a masterful storyteller. Uh, weaving these different plot lines. So we Mm. get to 329. Now, 329 is another classic 
cover by by Mike Zach, John Beatty. And this one says to live and die under LA. What's what's that referencing? Are you, are you suggesting that it's referencing? Um, I don't know. Well, the movie to live and die in LA. This I, is I to live and die under LA. I, I don't remember that movie, Rick. What? To live and die in LA. Uh, so that makes sense. So yeah, it's a little play on words. That's all. It's to live and die huh. under LA. And so on the cover, we have Captain America, which looks to be in a sewer, right? Um, and in he, he's knee deep, thigh deep in sewage. Um, and he's looking and there are these various mutants coming around him. Now I say mutants. I don't mean X-Men mutants. I mean, in the classic sense, the movie sense of like deformed people that are, you know, coming at him. So it's a very uh, spooky cover, if you will. And this one is again, written by Mark Runewald, Paul Neary breakdowns, Vince Kalena finished. Diana Albers letters, Ken Fedukowitz colors. Ken, I got to tell you, you got to, you got to up your game, my friend. I hope this one's better. Uh, Don Daly edits and Jim Shooter editor in chief. So the name of this one is called movers and monsters. And we have a big splash page of D man breaking in another steel girder door within the facility where we just left off. And he says, Allow me, CA. Sure, D-Man. And there's a loud noise there, Bob. Bam! Next page. The boiler room. I was expecting something more impressive, considering how well the door was fortified. In you go, Malice. Nothing but plumbing, a furnace, and an electrical generator. Well, so much for our grand tour of the power broker's lab facility. All this exploring has worked up my appetite. I spotted an all-night diner on my way in here. How about if I step out and get us some coffee and donuts? What? 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 They're on the run from a bunch of people. They're hiding from a bunch of people. And he's like, I'm going to step out for coffee and donuts. I like you, man. What the hell? <laughs> he's clearly not counting calories. Uh, clearly not. I don't know. Maybe because of the, the power augmentation, he, yeah. he, he's burning calories fast. He needs the he needs supply. I don't know. But then, but then Cap agrees with it. That's what throws me off here. I don't know. Yeah, everyone likes donuts. <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> Bring me a Boston cream. <laughs> All right. No telling how long we'll be cooling our heels here. Might as well do it on a full stomach. All right. Make a quick reconnaissance while you're up there. Get me a tea and milk with sugar. You got it, CA. Shut up, Alice. Back in 10 minutes, tops. Be seated, Malice. You and I are going to have a little talk. I have nothing at all to say to you, Captain, except if you are smart, you'd let me go and get out of here while you still have a chance. So you admit that if we stay put, the power broker's boys will show? I didn't say that. You said that. Don't get cute. We know the power broker wouldn't abandon millions worth of equipment just because he, we blew his cover. Maybe I'll have more luck getting some answers out of the power broker's other henchmen. Answers about my rival, the super patriot. 
when we fought about a week ago, I noted not only his prodigious strength, but his particular fighting style. That led me here to Los Angeles in the headquarters of the United Class Wrestling Federation, where I met Dennis Dunphy, out of the UCWF's top wrestlers. Dennis got me access to their files, and when that yielded no information, volunteered to help me find the power broker, the man behind the strength augmentation of the UC wrestlers, and perhaps the Super Patriot. Dumphy, or D-Man as he dubbed himself, and I located the broker's lab here behind an ice cream parlor, and pretending to be an ordinary guy who wanted to be augmented, I got in to see him. I got nowhere trying to get information, and having gone in without my shield, I failed to elude a tranquilizer dart. When I woke up, I found myself in the augmenting machine. Apparently, Dr. Malice had set the treatment on lethal, but D-Man managed to pull my fat out of the fire before I was hurt. By the time I was free, the place had been evacuated. We were lucky to nab Malice. D-Man said he could coerce Malice to finish the strength-increasing treatment on me if I wanted pumped me up to his level, but I decided to pass on it. Did I make a wise choice? Seems like every other guy I fought these days has superhuman strength, and the treatment that transformed me into super soldiers passed. Well, that was a nice recap. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. And then there's a, a noise. Boom, 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 boom. Noise above us. They're here. Who's here? You'll see. You won't. Ow! Pressure to the external carotid artery should keep him out for a while. Can't let him jabber and advertise our position. I want to know my enemy before he knows me. Wonder what's keeping D-Man. Well, that would be donuts. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's probably like, the how many do man. I have left? <laughs> he's getting a dozen. He's like, all right, well, you've gotten six. You have six left. <laughs> all right, did I say jelly? Oh, you already said jelly. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll take a cruller. <laughs> Are those the same price? Oh, I know. You know Can fruiters? I declare? No, declares <laughs> don't count. <laughs> So then um, you got all these uh, augmented guys coming in in these awful looking green uniforms. Uh, It's like, it's like if they failed being Hydra, they would get these uniforms, these ugly green drab uniforms. Um, Okay, men fan out in pairs. This place has to be secure before you can start hauling. Flattering flannery. I, I thought I thought it was gonna be like flattery will get you nowhere. <laughs> flattery and me will head to the basement. Infrared scanners picks up no life readings yet. So there's like a dozen guys, right? Whoever they are, it sounds like a small army. I imagine they're the power brokers' personal moving men. It's too much to hope that they're not all augmented like men. Most of the brokers' other hired muscle, probably. They do sound like they're doing a thorough, wait, someone's coming down to the cellar stairs. Only two of them. Somebody did a number on the boiler room door. Think they're dumb enough to still be hanging around? Hope so. Anything on the infrared? Don't rush me, Moranis. There's a lot of nooks and crannies in here. And then Cap thinks to himself as he's jumping, better move before I lose the element of surprise. I think I'll, oof, and he gets kicked in the head. Name's Captain America. In case you haven't guessed, you boys are in big trouble. Captain Flippin' America? The boys 
boss didn't tell me he was the guy who blew the whistle on the joint. Well, I ain't scared of no jerking long johns, especially when I buzz the rest of the sweatshop and the guy sets the alarm on his uh, wristwatch. Think you're pretty tough, huh, flag face? My lug wrench says bullio. <laughs> stupid, <Bull>. stupid hyphen. <laughs> but it's, it, it's baloney. But that's not how you spell baloney. No, that's how a stupid, dumb guy who spells baloney. <laughs> baloney. That's right. <laughs> I saw B U L L hyphen and I was like, bull. Yeah. Stupid hyphen. Um, my lug grudge says baloney. Judging by the rapidity of their recoveries. Those boys are augmented, but strength alone doesn't make a good fighter. And he does, he, he uses the wrench and he hits behind him and there's a big, like, lets out steam. Stand aside, flattery, I'll nab the Phoebe. Hey, you almost hit me. What's the, what's the sound there, Bob? Well, what's, yeah, but what's the sound of the wrench? Oh, a tank. That scalding steam isn't bothering him a bit. Blast and jump and beam ought to provide me with a bit of cover at least. Okay, fellas, let's just see how tough you really are. And he throws his shield and he hits one and hits the other. Come on, into position. Okay, the old bank shot. Whoop, whoop. Didn't phase them. I'm starting to regret not taking the treatment when I had the, oops, I've got company. Almost didn't hear them over the racket of the burst pipes. And there is, there's like a half dozen guys coming in. And then, um, Remember when we talked about the Bruise Brothers before? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the FBI sounds like looks like they sent the Blues Brothers, right? There's these two guys in black suits with black hats. Right, men in black. Meanwhile, three times zone east. Looks deserted, Elwood. Hey, his name's even Elwood. That's crazy, huh? Looks deserted, Elwood. Maybe the Avengers did close shop here after the place was ransacked by the so-called Masters of Evil. Now, Bob, Masters of Evil mm-hmm. in Avengers 273 to 277, that's one heck of a story. Yeah, but a sad ending. You know, Bob, this is Captain America comic book fans. Captain America is in the Avengers, and it is a comic book. Do you think mm. maybe one day we cover the Masters of Evil story? You know, I know we've we've wrestled with how far to go outside the bounds of the Captain America comic. We've done many series. We have, we have. Um, but I, I think it, we've it, done invaders. Time. We've done what if? Yeah, that's right. So I, I do think the time is the time is nigh that we we make that jump and we maybe we start picking up some Avengers, and that that that's a good one to start with. Hmm. All right. We put it out there to the listeners. All right, listeners. If you think we should tackle some Avengers stories, uh, let us know, yay or nay. And if so, should we start with the Masters of Evil, 273 through 277? All right, listeners. uh, Post your message in the Facebook page. So Elwood responds, that's what intelligence claims, but it's hard getting reliable dope on these super types. I want to case the joint myself, make sure Boy Blue isn't hiding out. In our line of work, it pays to be thorough. Locked. No matter. I have a key. Careful, pal. They're supposed to have great security hardware. Don't be a worry, Jake. 
I know what I'm doing. Jake and Elwood. Jake and Elwood. And what what uh, what year did the Blues Brothers come out? Oh man, it had to have been around eighty two or something, wasn't it? I'm gonna say eighty one, but I could be wrong. Let's take a look. Nineteen eighty. Oh yeah, 1980. So this at this point in 1987, uh, I guess it was considered a, a you know a, a recent cult hit. Yeah, it couldn't be considered a classic in seven oh. years, but it could be considered a cult hit, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then the door opens and it makes a noise. Bob, what is the noise? <laughs> Anybody home? This is the FBI. While back in Los Angeles, there are like eight or nine goons coming at Cap, but he, they don't learn, right? They all just rush and then hit each other in the head while he leaps into the air and he tucks his knees under his shield. That was close. My timing was off by a split second. The guy almost nabbed me. Is it too much to hope that the head-on collision will take a few of these boys out of the fight? Come on, D-Man. Could use a little backup down here. Outside. Hey, there's D-Man with a bag of donuts. <laughs> what do you think he's got in there? You got it glazed? Oh, he's got some good stuff. Rick. Yeah? Good stuff. I could good go st- for a donut right now. Good stuff that guys that are trying to race toward the 10 pounds don't, <laughs> e- know. don't even want to entertain in our <laughs> feeble heads. Yeah, I know, right? How, how many times a year do you eat a donut? Oh, more often than I'd like to admit, Rick. If you had a guess. Um, well, you know, probably maybe 20. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I probably eat like three donuts a year. Wow. And trust me, I would love it to be 300. <laughs> I really, I, I really would. I could, you know, if I could change my breakfast and every morning be like, eh, instead of having a rice cake with peanut butter, I'm going to have a donut. I would do that. Yeah, but uh, you know, you get to our age, and it's like, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, we're not like D Man anymore. We can't just yeah. burn it off. Oh, bring me down. So D Man's there with his bag of donuts, and he's on the outside of the ice cream shop. And he says, "Oh no, those trucks—they weren't here when I left. Must be the guys we were waiting for." Reflection in the window: someone's outside, standing guard. So he walks up to the guy standing guard, who's lighting a cigarette he's and you know you know he's a he's a ne'er-do-well bob because he he's leaning up against the truck and he's got one knee bent with his foot up against the back of the truck mm-hmm. right right so better check out this fellow's strength so i know how rough to handle him now i like this about d-man he's not just going to come and just pummel the guy he wants to know is he augmented or not so he comes up to the guy and says do me a favor, won't you, pal? Hold these bags a second. Huh? What's with the costume? See this big ding on my chest? It stands for delivery man. I'm delivering the coffee and sandwiches you ordered. But I didn't. And he comes up and he just flicks his finger on his chin. Clink. Hey, you a wise guy or something? A normal man would have gone flying from that tap. He's augmented. You asked for it, masked man. And the guy throws a punch at D-Man. And even worse, he drops the bag of donuts. 
And D-Man very cleverly says, next time, try Western Union, pal. Your punch was what's known as telegraphed. See, this is what you should have done. And he hits him and he nails him into the truck and it makes a loud noise. What's the noise, Bob? Boom. I can see why this guy didn't go in for unlimited class wrestling. A fighter, he's not. With any luck, yeah, the keys are in ignition. Just back this rig up a ways. That should do it. Now put the pedal to the metal. And then he runs the, the truck. And this is not just a truck truck, like a pickup truck. This is like a moving van into the building. And it makes a loud noise, Bob. <coughs> if that didn't attract some attention, I give up. And then, of course, all the guys that are climbing the rafters to get to Cap um, and says, that crush from upstairs. Half you guys, check it out. This American jerk have backup? Doesn't matter to me. Sounded like something brewing. At least nothing valuable is upstairs. Sheesh, the moving van plowed into the front of the place. Now how are we going to move all this heavy machinery through this mess? Spread out. The joker responsible for this has to be here somewhere. You got that right. Hmm. There's quite a crew here. Eugene, was well, supposed to be Garden. Where is he? And then as after all the guys come out, D-Man closes the door behind them. So basically, there's no more that can come out, and, and those who come out are trapped outside. Hi, guys. The name's Demolition Man. Want to find out why? Another creep with a costume. And below, we see Cap knocking a guy, kicking him and like uh, off the off the ledge. The odds have improved somewhat with half of them gone. Hey, that star-spangled banana moves like a monkey. Look what he done to Doremus. I still haven't been able to KO any of these men. It's all I can do to avoid these fists and tools. We, KO any of these men? What is he? And it's K-A-Y-O. Bob, what's he referring to there? What do you mean what's he referring to? He says, I haven't been able to KO any of these men. K-A-Y-O. What, what uh -huh. do you think KO means? It means to, to knock out, Rick. Oh, so it's K. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. So instead of having the letters K-O. Right. Somehow they spelled out K-A-Y-O. I, I don't know why they did that. Yeah. Ah, Think you're hot stuff, huh, Flag Waver? Compared to the sweatshop, you're a joke. If that's the case, the joke's on you. And Cap hits him in, in the face with his shield. Hope a 30-foot fall will knock the wind out of his sails without killing him. And then the, his friends come to him. The guy fell. He okay? been better he's breathing the least let's get him out of here the boss is paying us to move machinery not play tag with some clown who thinks he's tarzan he likes the boiler room so much he can have it this stays don't it yep give me a hand with it then and they pick up this large piece of machinery which you know it's got to weigh a few tons okay now one count of three three drop boom and they drop this big piece of machinery in front of the door so Cap can't escape. They've barricaded the door. Ah, won't budge. Guess the partial argumentation I was given didn't take at all. 
Upstairs, we have D-Man fighting. That nut in the yellow tights fights like a demon. Unarmed yet. Hey, the rest of the gang is mixing it up with another Long John. They ain't doing so good either. Put Earl down. Let's go help. Okay, pointy ears, you've had your fun. Now you're going to get taste tooled steel. Oh, great. Another five of them. I still haven't caught my breath taking out the first five. I don't care how many of them are. They're not going to take me down with the, the fight of their lives. Hammer them. Get them. Ten minutes later, Bob. Holy Joe. I thought this mug would never go down. And there it is. D-Man's laying down on the ground unconscious. Better see if we can rouse the rest of the crew. Yeah, playtime's over. Now we got work to do. Let me check the truck. If I can fix it, I'll radio for another. Phew, that dude with the D was one mean fighter. My jaw's still killing me from where he slugged me. Quit your belly aching, O'Hara. I ain't paid enough to have to listen to that. Back in the boiler room. Malice, he's still out. Maybe a couple of rough landings will jar him out of Slumberland when he jumps down from his hiding place. Ah, you missed it, Malice. The moving men were here, but I chased them away. Captain? What happened? But what, what, what are they supposed to? You mean they don't know I'm here? No, I kept you tucked out of sight for your own safety, of course. No, I, I hear them outside. Hey, it's Dr. Malice. Don't leave without me. You may be able to hear them, but I doubt they can hear you or that racket they're making. Now then, do you know any way out of here other than the main door they blocked? What do I look like, a, a janitor? I've never been in here before. Then I'll just have to find one myself. Now, outside, they're loading the machinery from uh, the place, the lab. Easy now, Joe. The boss doesn't dox us for damages. Let me switch arms, Marty. This side where the D-man pounded me is still kind of numb. See, now, that's the kind of stuff, Bob. Like, that's the superfluous to the story, right? right? Like, yeah. some one of the guys got hit in the arm so bad by D-Man, it's starting to ache, and he's got to switch arms. And then there's uh, sirens, Bob. You hear, what's that sound make? I've never heard a siren like that, but it, it appears to go something like, Yeah, right, right. I've heard those sirens before. It's kind of old school, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Listen up, sirens. Somebody must have reported hearing the truck crash. We better vamoose with what we got. If the boss wants the rest of this crud, we can come back when the heat's off. What about this bum? And he kicks D-Man. We need him as evidence why we had such a hard time doing our job. Hey, I'll bet you this guy got his souped up strength from the boss like us. Boss ain't going to like him using it against us. Move it, Larbutts. The heat's getting closer. Maybe we'll even get a bonus for bringing in this creep. We'll be lucky if you come out even, Floyd. Now they're in the boiler room. Well, Malice, I haven't found any other exits, but I did locate a gas leak. Apparently a gas main ruptured during my free-for-all with the moving boys. I slowed the leak, but couldn't stop it totally. Two hours before we asphyxiate. Oh, great. Just great. Stuck in here with you in a leaky pipe. And... The swept shop's left, not even knowing I'm here. He starts crying. Shut up, mister. Compared to me, you're in great company. <laughs> <laughs> Cap, <laughs> Cap made a slam. 
Hey, I hear someone upstairs again. Help, I'm down here. I heard sirens before, but those are police up there. Um, I'd better keep my mouth shut. I thought you wanted to be rescued. Hello, up there. Check the cellar. I don't hear anyone moving. We must be very well soundproofed. Doubt they could budge that machinery in front of the door in time anyway. I think it's safe to assume that if we don't find a way out, we're not going to get out. I tried all the obvious places. Time to get creative. And he comes over to um, um, a broken pipe that has water on the floor. And he uses his shield to start scraping the floor. What are you doing? The section of the floor sounded hollow beneath my feet, as if it weren't solid cement. Yes. See? Beneath the crud and gunk? Metal. Aha. A clogged up drain covering. If I can manage to pry it off, where do you suppose it leads to? We're already underground. Your guess is as good as mine. A half an hour later, Bob. So he's been working at this for 30 minutes. I don't know about you. I think 30 seconds and I'd be like, mm, try something else. <laughs> Gotta love perseverance, right? Yeah, pays off, I guess. I think, yes, it's, it's coming loose. Voila, Malice, our exit. Now, just a minute. You, you can't expect me to crawl down a pipe into, into who knows where. Phew, it, it smells like, like sewage. It must dump into the L.A. sewer system. You can see how deep it is. It throws a little piece of metal. Flip. Come on, Malice. It's no more than a 10-foot drop. 10 foot? No, I, I don't. I, I'll take my chances here with the gas. You can't make me go. It's, 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 it's constitutional. I'm not leaving you to malice. You die. Now suck it in. We're at least free my hands. All right. Don't move. I won't. And he uses his shield to, to break the, the metal that uh, D-man wrapped around his hands. Now move. Uh, Captain, before we go down there, I, I must tell you something. It's not safe down in the sewers. Really? That's where we, the power broker that is, dumped all of the people that the augmentation process didn't quite work on. They're hideously deformed, rather brain damaged, and <clears throat> quite prone to violence. Please, let's not go down there. No dice, Malice. Unless you were lying about not knowing another way out. Down we go. We'll just have to take our chances. Please, please, for the love of heaven, please, not me first. Right. I'm supposed to trust you to follow in if I jump in first? Easy, Malice. I'm right behind you. Ah! Now shut your yapping mouth, Malice. If there are monsters down here, your screams will only draw them to us. Oh. Now let's move out. Meanwhile, in New York. Jake, move over. You're on my foot. I can't. That's better. And so what's happening with uh, Jake and Elwood here? Well, it appears like their uh, their plan for entering went awry. Yeah, what's going on? Well, they appear to be tangled up in some uh, robotic arms, Rick, if I'm not mistaken. I thought you said you knew what you were doing, Elwood. We've been wrapped up in these crazy doohickeys for almost a half hour now. Patience, pal. 
if one of the Avengers doesn't show up soon, we'll just have to um, have to. And then breaking through a door is Captain Marvel. The one night I decide to go to bed early, this has to happen. It's one of them, Miss Marvel, I think. The name's Captain Marvel, mister. And who might you be? Farber and McNulty, FBI. Is that so? You don't mind if I check your ID, do you? Don't go anywhere. Now, she's in her light form, so she's just flying around. Less than a minute later, the metal octopus arms are retracting. Guess we checked out. Soon, uh, Jake and Elwood are uh, walking out and uh, leaving Captain Marvel behind. So if you do see Captain America, have him call us at this number immediately. You copy? Yes. They refused to tell me what they wanted Cap for other than a matter of national security. Is Cap in some kind of trouble? Meanwhile, somewhere in Los Angeles. And they're carrying um, D-Man. Gee, wonder if the boss always works this late. A rich guy like him? Get real. He'll probably open the office just to see the present we brought him. And D-Man starts to wake up. Where the heck am I? Ache all over. Hey, felt him stir a bit. They put him down on the ground and start pummeling him again. <laughs> Better not take any chances around the boss, guys. Smash him. With pleasure. I stole this bum for a couple of goose eggs on my noggin. So they bring an unconscious D-man and drag him in front of uh, the power broker. Uh, excuse us, boss. This this guy we phoned you about, the guy what was with Cap America and messed up our moving operation? Let me see his face. Yes, I know him. Dennis Dumphy, augmentation number 15. Want us to uh, put him out of his misery? No. Each augment he represents an investment of tens of thousands of dollars. It would be a pity to let that go to waste. Let's move him to my private facility. Research and development can always use another expendable. Elsewhere, in the sewers, I, I know I heard something, Captain. If, if anything happens to me, I, I hold you personally responsible. Shh, I heard something too. And then, out of nowhere, those mutants from the cover, Bob, they start attacking. The failed augments. And they are. They're, they're a bunch of deformed humans, but they are strong nonetheless. Malice starts running away. Got to, got to get away. No, one of them's after me. So hard to wade through this slop. That drain, if I could squeeze through, I, I made it. Ha <laughs> ha, no way can that thing fit through the opening. I'm free at last. And what's more, that accursed Captain America doesn't stand a chance against those super strong monsters. And sure enough, one of them took, their sh took his shield and the other one has Cap by the throat underneath the water. Continued next issue. <clears throat> All right, Bob, this is, uh, took a little longer than we thought. Uh, thoughts before we uh, conclude? 
of uh, a lot of a lot of great dialogue in there, Rick. Uh, you know, a lot of realistic conversations. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it, it you know some of the things we learned in these three issues. Um, we learned a little bit about the the back. Um, I guess you could say behind the super patriots motives, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he, what kind of person that John Walker is? You know, we get to see some early um, uh, early thoughts about that, um, and his crew. Um, we see Steve Rogers um, starting to doubt himself. Um, wondering if he if he's underclassed in today's times, uh, we see um, his kind of long distance relationship with his fiance uh, under you know um, duress, right? That, that that Bernie was talking about maybe breaking it off or thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we see uh, a new character, a new character introduced into the Steve Rogers um, family. And that is Dennis Dumphy demolition man or D man. Uh, So that's kind of cool. And this whole story behind the power broker, which as you know, is, is not a character that is like not important because it was important enough to, to be brought into the, to the, the moral cinematic universe right the mcu so right. yeah um so we get to see a little bit more about the the power broker as well and dr malice so yeah we got we got a, a nice little treat in these three issues uh the story is is developing and the backstory behind steve rogers being audited uh and that is going to be bigger than you you know folks yeah you can you can go up against every supervillain but you can't go up against the IRS. That's true. That's so, true. Yeah. All right, Bob. So we will, um, we will do part two of the, the road to the captain, which will cover issues three thirty through three thirty two. come back for episode 74. So this is episode 70 and 74. We'll continue the story uh, in next episode. We're going to, we're going to jump from 1987 to the current time, Bob, to 2022, we're going to cover the Captain America Iron Man miniseries, and we're not covering it just issue one. We're going to cover issues one and two, two issues of this this brand new miniseries, which is you know on the stands as we speak. So um, that's and it's a fun story. I got to tell you, it is uh, it, it's a little bit of a continuation of of what uh, mini series that we read before, which was the, the Falcon and winter soldier. Um, so, and it's nice to see a buddy, buddy story with Steve and Tony. Yeah. And some snappy dialogue. Yeah. So that's, that's fun. So come back next episode for that captain America, iron man issues one and two. So Bob, as always, it's been so much fun wrapping cap with you. It has Rick. It has uh, going back in time and the old time machine. So, um, I'm looking forward to our next iteration of this. Absolutely. Well, he's Bob Lucius and I'm Rick Verbonis. You have been listening to another episode of the Captain America comic.